Good evening. Welcome back to Passionate Internet Voices Talk Radio. Ann Arbor, Michigan, ranked number one by the AARP as the most livable city in the United States. Also, the broadcast home of PIVTR, internetvoicesradio.com. Available for your listening pleasure via iPhone, iPod, cell phone, and soon to be in your Chrysler. And now, from 10 after 9 to 9.40, let me present to you Voices of the Sacred Feminine with Karen Tate. Good evening, Karen. Good evening, Lillian, and thanks to the Voices of the Sacred Feminine listeners for tuning in again tonight. Tonight we have a very special guest with us, Lady Olivia Robertson, one of the co-founders of the International Fellowship of ISIS. Lady Olivia hails from Chronicle Castle in the southeastern part of Ireland, and she's here on her annual U.S. tour of the Iceums and Lyceums of the Fellowship. And I feel very lucky to have her on her show so that listeners can get to know her and benefit from her 90-plus years of experience on this earth as a goddess advocate. But before we bring her on, I want to remind listeners we only have about 41 days before this important presidential election. We have an awful lot at stake. Women's reproductive rights, for one, global warming and environmentalism, the war, the economic turmoil we find ourselves in are all very important issues. Let's stand together and vote our economic interest, our interest as women. And to answer a question posed to me today, should women vote for another woman just because she's a woman in order to support the goddess movement, the rising feminine consciousness, or women's movement? And the answer is absolutely not. The answer is no. We should vote for the best person for the job. Gender does not trump experience and knowledge. We need substance over spunk and style. We should vote for the person that has women's interests and their future at the top of their priority list. And if you have any doubts who that is, just Google Gloria Steinem and Eve Ensler on Sarah Palin and see what they and lots of other respected leaders, including the National organization for women have to say. You'll see they're not lending their support according to gender. They're voting the issues. Did you know the McCain-Palin campaign says women shouldn't get equal pay for equal work because women need more education and training? I think it's pretty clear the issues demand women vote Democrat, the Obama-Biden ticket. So don't miss the upcoming debates. See for yourself. You know, I talk a lot about goddess being about the needs of the many and not the few in my newest book, Walking an Ancient Path, which came out just a couple months ago. So please pick it up and see what it means to live and embrace ideals of goddess and the feminine consciousness. And as a reminder, when it's not convenient to listen to our show live, or if you've missed any of our past guests or want to listen to them again, you can go to the archives and listen to past shows while at your computer or download them following the instructions on the PIVTR website. And now to our fabulous guest tonight, a woman I've had the utmost respect for for the longest time. We first met face-to-face many years ago when she invited me to be ordained at Chronicle Castle. In fact, I write about Chronicle Castle in my first book, Sacred Places of Goddess, 108 Destinations. It's one of the 108 sacred sites. And I describe for readers that sacred journey to Ireland and my ordination in my new book that I've just mentioned, Walking in 
ancient past. Lady Olivia Robertson, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Well, I feel honored to be invited by all of you. I hope you can hear my voice all right. Oh, yes, we can hear you perfectly fine. And I'm I was glad. Well, I, I'm very glad to be able to be in touch, maybe telepathically as well. Well, I'm sure you're touching all of us across the pond, Lady Olivia. And I was, I was glad to hear when we spoke yesterday that you're having a good visit here in the United States. I'm having a fabulous visit. It's been absolutely wonderful. I We visited Chicago I get every year because I had the honor of being on the platform at the centennial meeting of the Parliament of World Religions. Now, a hundred years ago, there were rows of beavers and shaven-headed monks all sol- solemnly in a row representing religion. There wasn't one single woman. Uh, Mrs. Besant, the famous Annie Besant of the Theosophical Society, was permitted to address the society on some quiet little meeting. And yet, this is what interested me, the man who absolutely fascinated everyone was Swami Vivekananda, who introduced the Vedas. The Vedas are, again, very male-oriented. They were the conquering Aryans who came to India and introduced the gods, earth, air, fire, and water. Happened to be gods, not goddesses. The other lot, my brother, who's a clergyman, and I went into, found were Kali, and all of them were given a very bad name, you know, earlier, but the temples remained. Now, this may interest you. The man who got the Vekananda on the platform was the great saint, Sri Ramakrishna. Now, Ramakrishna worshipped Kali, the lady, the really her forearms are the four elements. She's not evil. She's the earth goddess and the elements of the earth. And the funniest thing is, she was not permitted, of course, to show her nose in the parliament. But when I was invited, I was got through a marvelous Benedictine father. And this Benedict, the Benedictines have always been pro-Marian. And uh, not Carly, I hastily say but Mary, as were the Jesuits. We have a Jesuit brother who's a member, and we have another Benedictine who's also uh, very keen on our work. But when I got to the platform, I wondered, well, now, what am I going to wear? <laughs> I found there were 16 men, uh, 16 people, two women, 5,000 there, including the Dalai Lama, and they thought they were going to uh, assassinate him, so he, he was looking, he joined in short-circuit television, and some of the people were like, anyhow, it was 5,000 people, there were 16 on the platform, and I thought, well, I must cover myself from neck to foot, women are always meant to be humble, and cover their hair, you know, I should turn up like the, um, the Baha'i lady was very respectably dressed, but I wasn't. I wore a black and gold Arab garment with a low neck and fairly bare arms. I lined myself a waist, a gold cord, and I wore a copper-colored uh, cobra crown. Now, oddly enough, this is the regalia of the goddess Kali. So she turned up, and I was <laughs> going to be representing the goddess Isis, who's the divine feminine mother goddess of all faiths. I mean, every name, uh, all associated, we honor all aspects. So I was able to give the blessings of the goddess Isis uh, to the world. They heard it in Connie Gore. Somebody was astonished in England to hear me giving them a blessing in a bath. But I think what might interest your 
uh, members was that two people were in danger of being assassinated. One was the Dalai Lama uh, for political reasons. I don't know if it was a, a, a religious fanaticism. But I'll tell you who the other person was. When I'd given my blessing to the world, you see, uh, none of the people on the platform, except the Baha'i lady, clapped. But I got a lovely ovation from the uh, Native Americans and for the people in the, in the crowd, you see. So I was looking forward to having a lovely chat. And like my friends, you see, I came with a whole company of, of the Fellowship of Isis. But suddenly a very tall, handsome uh, African-American uh, uh, appeared, and beautifully dressed, and took me by the arms and said in a sinister voice, sort of, it sounded like something uh, out of um, that uh, matrix, keep moving, keep moving. So I thought, well, 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 what's happening? Why have I got to keep moving? I want to talk. But he guided me right through, and people made a pacifist right down the aisle, you see, keep moving. And I got up, of course, I know they're meant to be gangsters in Chicago. They used to be, and perhaps they're gangsters around. Well, what's going on? Now, I suppose it's not that. Then we got to the reception room, and I wanted to have a lovely time talking. I'm a friendly soul. Not a bit. He put me against the wall. And I was all, I thought, God, I am in Chicago, aren't I? And he stood between me and everybody. And then we were approaching a staircase. And I thought, gosh, he's, it's something about the IRA. I'm Irish. They're suspicious because I'm Irish. I said, is it because I'm Irish? He said, is it the Irish? I can handle that. And I thought, gosh, he can handle the IRA. Well, what's going on? So we went up the moving stem. There at the top was this wonderful father from Burbank, you see, the Benedictine monk, who was organizing the religious bit, surrounded by what I thought looked like a baseball team of seminarists. That is, they were tall, fine seminarists and backs of arms with arms folded. And as I came forward, he greeted me, and they formed a circle around us. And he evaporated. And I thought, they've got a funny way of doing things here, you see. I didn't say anything, but ages later, I said to him, what was the meaning of that? He said, you had a death threat. So wow. I thought, oh. And then I was watched the whole eight days I was there. Uh, and I, I had been sort of aware it was a bit odd. Somebody was always, two people were always with me. I was never on my own. So I said, Muslims? No, Christians. <laughs> it wasn't the IRA or gangsters or communists or anybody else. So they were worried about and it? The next year, I was still interested, you see, about goddess stuff, uh, what attitude to it. So I said, there's one little point of etiquette, Father. Uh, well, if, I, if they got me, would I be murdered or assassinated? And he said, assassinated. Now, one up for women. <laughs> but now, I'll give you a nice little, uh, a spiritual bit. I'd never seen an angel before in the orthodox way. I had a vision of a brilliantly gold angel, absolutely orthodox looking. This angel had the power, I see now why they don't want children. He could clone himself. He wasn't him, I think, or perhaps him, she, into eight. And I was told this angel was guarding you for the eight days I was in the parliament. But I thought it was, it was the Christians who wanted to get me or something. <laughs> 
Winston had given birth, she was unclean, and he had to have a ceremony. I think it's a Catholic one as well. It used to be in the Book of Common Prayer, the churching of women, where you have to cleanse them of the stain of original sin. So um, that's all very well, but why blame woman? And it, it's right the way through our whole society like a canker. And another thing, it leads to a horrible duality. For instance, I heard a very spiritual person say, light is good, darkness is evil. Light is the light. It is positive. Evil is negative. And then he said, male is white and right and up. And female is yin and black and negative. And I said, hey, do you mean that women are evil? Oh, no, I don't mean that. And I said, what did you mean? And he really got terribly confused and started trying to explain how negative was feminine and not evil. And yes, it was evil and feminine. It leads to duality. You say a shadow is evil, yet you cast the shadow. The master absorbs the shadow. You see what I mean? It, it gets duality into people. So that people feel they're bad. Anything, in fact, anything sexual that hasn't been blessed by your particular organization is bad. And there's one thing I like to say vehemently on this program. There are no illegitimate children. All children are born of the mother goddess, and you can add the father god. They have the mother, the divine within them. And that refers to a little kitten you're going to drown, or a puppy. It's reverence for life, as spikes are taught. And I believe Christ taught all this through his teachings of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lady oh, Olivia, long speech. Thank you. Oh. Thank, thank you for sharing that uh, that beautiful wisdom. Well, let me let me ask you one of the other questions from one of the listeners. Um, they wanted to know what inspired you and your brother and sister-in-law to found the Fellowship of Isis so long ago. Was it this revelation about the feminine? I'll tell you, um, we uh, all of us had it differently. In 1946, I received a direct vacation from the goddess, who I never heard of, Isis, probably. But I knew there was a river called Isis near Oxford. In the corner of our room at Samhain, Halloween, I saw in the north a dazzling white female figure, divine, marvelous, you know, right across the sky, you might say. This female figure had two nodes, as it were, like lightning on the left and right-hand side, pouring out this light in branches, light. I got the word Isis, and for just one, between seconds, I was Isis. I felt absolute identification. Now, that was my vocation. Other goddesses I revere, but that was my opening. My brother had this absolute overwhelming experience of the moon goddesses, the goddess through the moon. Later on, for him, it was the earth. But we'd always taught the moon was, was like, it's sort of bad in a way, you know, lunatics and danger and a pockmarked planet. By the way, apart from its other undesirable characteristics, people say it's feminine, you know, they disagreeable things like many teachings about the moon, consciousness, and some Jehovah saying he's a moon god, some people who don't like him. And then the next thing, they again announce it's feminine. Well, Gary saw it, the moon goddess came to him, and he had that experience. Um, and it's a deep mystical one because it's a, a, you wake into cosmic consciousness. That's the best way to say it. Um, the cosmos is around you. It's far greater. Time and space are one. You are one with the divine. 
My sister-in-law, oddly enough, had it in a railway carriage. She belonged to a very old family, um, the, <laughs> the Barclays. We've just bought up a bit of one of your American banks, I think. But they, they'd lost their beautiful Quakerism, I think. But she got it back. They were Quakers. Because in this railway carriage, she suddenly became aware of a being she thought was Christ, or a divine being. And her heart chakra, her heart center, awakened. Now, she knew something had happened to her husband and me. And this was it. She didn't talk about it. She came back in this state of divine love. Uh, uh, and this, she had, that was her character, love. And she loved everything and every being. And she managed to hold this consciousness, which the Indians recommend you to do as long as you can. But she thought a nasty, catty thing about something. And it was absolutely awful, because the whole of the divine consciousness sort of went. I suppose we've all had that. But then it began to get back again. She held it for three months. We said, how on earth did you manage not to tell anyone? But she was afraid of losing it. It just went like that. They, it fades off. But when she got back to Ireland, the, another chakra woke, and she called it shiny eye. She didn't know what it was. Again, we she had no intellectuality about all this carry-on. You know? She had a, a third eye awakened, and she saw, in her case, the phenomenon of omnipresence. She saw God in everything, in a tree, a field, and she was one with that consciousness. So she never wanted to go to ceremony. She'd go out in the fields. She could commune with nature, literally. And, and uh, I asked her about it, and she said, you know why I was late at lunch? And I said, why? And she said, I heard a tiny little voice calling me telepathically, look at me, look at me. And she couldn't come into lunch. She wandered all around this field, ages, beautifully made field, till she got to a wild bit at the end with all sorts of grasses. And in there was a tiny little plant with the wishiest little flower. And this flower wanted her to come and look at it. So she did. She communed. Now, that is, well, that's her awakening. You can say my form is I see the meaning of things, emblems. That's why I like the Da Vinci code, anything like a code. I, I do um, art work and writing. All my writings is in emblems. It's got inner meaning. It just happens. I don't do it on purpose. It just happens. My brother, was, he said, well, he was a clergyman. He offered to resign, and the, the, uh, the bishop said, don't do that. He said, we're so glad you believe in God. It doesn't matter whether she's female or not. <laughs> but anyway, he, is the, he wanted a theology. He saw a theology was distorted, absolutely because it left out half of the universe, half of God, the divine feminine. So we got together, the three of us. And I remember once we sat in this beautiful library looking out, and I suddenly said, by meditating, we're never going to be alone again. And two people joined us, and then more, and then we had about 30 people. Then I wrote this book, and they put it on RT, uh, and our ISIS wedding rite of my uh, brother's, uh, daughter to an Indian, got put on RTE, and they liked it for half an hour so much it was between the Pope's address to the world on Easter Sunday and the Archbishop of Armagh later on in the evening. So suddenly we were through to the Irish people, but not the English. Next year the BBC put us on, along with some witches and I don't know what else. That was tremendous success. It was such a success. My younger brother was extremely Protestant. 
wrote a letter saying, Mr. Esmond Robertson wishes to disassociate himself from the views of his family. He was so naive, he thought that would work. It immediately associated him, 30 million people who saw this, with the goings on of his family. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it terribly funny. My brother's children were sort of laughing. I, I ignored him to say so. He didn't spirit well, I'm sure he forgives me because I think it's rather a good point of what we who had spiritual wedding have to put up with, really, and what they have to put up with the last. We sound barking mad. I mean, I understand that. Well, Lady Olivia, we're, believe it or not, we're almost out of time. We only have time for uh, one more uh, quick question. And uh, I'd like to ask you if you can remember a past life in ancient Egypt. My method is that there's nothing past. I have, I visit. And whether it's past, present, or future, I'm there. And I do remember seeing columns. and beautiful. You know, I thought they sounded garish and awful. They're not. These columns are beautiful. Um, ochre colors, the brilliant colors. Also, I've had a visitation from Akhenaten, but I see spirit in form of light. They come in their spiritual form, beings of light, but nonetheless, so to me there's no past. It's there, but it does come, yes. Is that, I, I have answered it in with your time. Okay, so in other words, it's like a, a simultaneous or parallel time. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, well, it all t that is a very, very clever point. Uh, there's uh, infinite possibilities. Okay. We have free will. Well, it's all there. Time, we travel through time and space. They, time doesn't pass. We pass. Space doesn't go away. It's there, but we've gone through it. That's the best way to put it. Okay. Well, since you answered that so quickly, let's do one more really quick question. Yeah. Um, how would you recommend to someone uh, new to goddess um, uh, develop a way to um, raise their awareness of goddess or, or, in, or improve their connection with the divine? Between worlds, before you, before you go to sleep, you pray. You ask that anything good that you learn when you're out of your body at night, you will bring through in the morning. At dawn and dusk, tune in, pray for the best and the divine, and you'll find that you can live at night more vividly than you do at day. Okay. Uh, that is the best thing I can really recommend right off. Okay, all right. Well, listeners, um, it's uh, that time again, and I'm sure you've enjoyed uh, hearing Lady Olivia's stories. Uh, many of you have never really got a chance to meet her, but you've certainly heard about her and the Fellowship of Isis, which uh, it has uh, Iseums and Lyceums all across the globe. And if you'd like to look into the Fellowship of Isis a little bit more, I'd like to share these two websites with you. The first is www fellowshipofisis.com. That's very simple, fellowshipofisis.com. And the second is www.thecircleofisis.com. That's thecircleofisis.com. So, Lady Olivia, thank you so much for being a guest with us tonight. Uh, I, I can't say how much I appreciate you taking the time to talk to my listeners. 
<laughs> I hope it got through to them telepathically, or that ISIS will. That's what matters. Oh, well, I, I certainly have confidence in ISIS, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, and finally, listeners out there, may Goddess, by whatever name you call her or by whatever aspect you see her, uplift and empower you as she embraces you in her golden wings. Good night, Lady Olivia. Good night, listeners. Lillian? Thank you very much for listening to Passionate Internet Voices Talk Radio. You have just listened to Karen Tate on Voices of the Sacred Feminine. If you want to hear the show all over again, please go over to http colon slash slash internetvoicesradio.com. And on the left-hand side of the page, you'll see the word archives. Click on that. And a list of names will appear, Karen's among them. TIVTR, whether providing you with the advice of experts or giving a voice to the average person who would not otherwise be heard. TIVTR emphasizes quality and enriching programs for our listeners' enjoyment. And before you go away and stray, Huxley had this to say in 1950. The career of every individual man or woman is essentially non-progressive. Thank you all very much for listening. I hope you had a good evening. Programming will run until 11 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow, Thursday, from 8 to 8.30, author being on host, Lillian Caldwell, will be interviewing Diane Turgurdant on her book about second chances. And then from 8.30 to 9, will be Janet Elaine Smith with Marketing for Fun and Profit. So thank you all very much for listening. I hope you have a grand evening. And remember, please keep listening. Good night.